I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hey everybody, welcome back to Oops the Podcast. I'm Julio, hanging with my pal Francis. Hmm. Francis, how you doing? Swell. And all of you as well, welcome back. Uh, another episode of Oops the P. Mm-hmm. How you doing, bro? I'm all right. I've got this thing called club thumb. What's that? Where your uh, the nail on your thumb starts to curve down instead Ooh. of being flat out. I don't really know what it comes from or why it happens. Is it painful? No, nothing at all. I just think the name is what kind of makes me think that more. I'm more of a something's wrong with me. (laughs) Club thumb. I mean, dude, uh, finger and toenails are really can be such a. I had a toenail issue that took me months and months to resolve, Mm. but I actually, but it has finally been resolved. So, oh, good. Yeah, I hurt my toe breakdancing at my sister's wedding. (laughs) Did you really? Yeah. See this. Why am I not surprised that you were breakdancing? Because I took like, I took breakdancing oh, when I was in seventh grade, <laughs> and I learned enough moves to last me a lifetime. You know, it's funny. Do you ever you ever see that promoted Instagram post of the lady who's like teaching hip hop dancing? I'm not sure that I have, dude. It's so funny. She's just like, it's more like ah ah, and it just seems like such <laughs> cultural appropriation. It's just like I can't believe I, I'm watching. I'm like, is this being posted because it's a joke? Uh. But I think it's serious, and she's like trying to teach you hip-hop dancing, and this breakdancing class feels like something similar. I love I love it when they're always like, and one, and two, and hit. Ah, Dude. Three, and yeah. six, and five, four. That's like pretty much what this lady's doing, this like white lady with short hair from the 90s. It's, isn't that like an old Vine? Are you talking about? Maybe, but dude, it's literally a promoted Instagram thing oh, that I always oh, get. I how's, your, how's your dancing? It's aight. Okay, another question. Is aight yeah. back? <laughs> Not necessarily. I don't. Second think... time in two episodes that you really? used it. Die. Are you saying it a i g h t or i i g h t or I think a i g h t. Okay, that's how I envision it. Oh, my dancing's okay. I don't like. I could be a little less self conscious. I think I'm like decent at it. How how hard are you going? Not hard because it just I'm so. You got to stay within the dancing window. You know, you can go too hard and just be such a tool bag and you can go not enough and just look like a pussy. So like mm-hmm. it's important to function within the proper window, 30 to 40% effort, not doing too much. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're the guy doing the worm in the mm-hmm. middle of the circle. O- only on this, only at this one. <laughs> I don't break out the break dancing unless only on home field. Unless I'm really <laughs> feeling it. Yeah. Uh, how do you, do you still got it or what? Enough. Enough to sort of shock people. Break dancing. They're shocked when I do it. And then they're like, keep going. And I say, no. Because that's all I've got. I've got 30 seconds of break dancing. <laughs> not much. No, not great. Um, really what hard. about when you get some dance juice in you? What do you mean? Alcohol. Oh, it still doesn't. No. Are no. you um, Are you dancing with your lady? Sometimes. You twirl her sometimes. She like that. Yeah. <laughs> What's so fucking funny about that? 
I sometimes hit you with lines of questioning that aren't really correct, and you don't bat an eye. What's wrong with that? What's wrong? I had no issue with what your question was. And, and, I twirl her. I twirl her. Okay. Do you just give her the same twirl every time? Usually. You twirl she, in the same direction. You know what's funny? She's a, she's a good dancer. Like she used to do dance, whatever. And she's actually a little bit like I run the risk of getting made fun of. <laughs> So it's actually potentially her fault that I maybe do a little less than I would because she'll make fun of me. Wow. I know, which is like a little savage. Like, it's not as bad as it sounds, uh, but she'll like, like if I go to do something and I do it wrong, she'll immediately point that out to me. Okay. That's not, that's, hmm. I know. Does she wish that you danced harder? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I guess my reason of asking that is that if she gives you, if she says, boy, I really wish Julio would would har- would dance harder, then you could raise the point that she has made you self-conscious, which is holding you back. Yeah, yeah. I think she sort of, I, I don't really know. Like, yeah, there's something, that, there's something happening there that's preventing me from fully hitting my stride on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Would you guys ever take dancing classes? I'm open to it. With your partner? Like if it was some specific, you know, tango or fucking, I mean, I guess nobody does, or salsa. Salsa classes. That'd be mm-hmm. fun. I took a salsa class once. Dude, there's nothing more annoying than that guy at the place that, who's like f- floating around looking to salsa with people's girlfriends. Well, that's like, the dude, thing. They pass, they, they here, say dude. trade partners now. Trade partners. And I said, oh, and then someone came over to take my girlfriend's hand and, and it was some guy with a ponytail. Oh, and I said, I'm not giving you up. To, to Zorro over here. <laughs> you out of your mind? This guy is a, some salsa. He invented salsa and he's taking beginning salsa lost, for the sheer purpose of, you know, domination. Dude, dude, this is per. This is the perfect segue into this email that we have. Oh, good. Interested. This is called. He bought me drinks and we danced all night, but I'm taken. Okay. Ooh. Um, so I'm a girl and I love to hear both of your perspectives on the dating scene or just life in general. The topics are always so fun and entertaining. Did she not say that she liked the podcast? She said I listen to your podcast <laughs> weekly. I omitted it. Okay. For the good. sake of good. I just need to make sure. keeping you in check. <laughs> she goes, I have a dilemma I want to share. I hope you could help me decide whether or not the following situation is completely inappropriate or not. I'm in my mid to late 20s, and I've been dating my boyfriend for almost 10 years now. Time out. The fuck is mid to late 20s? 27? <laughs> I think it's 28. Ah, uh, it's like denying, it's like being in denial that you're in your late 20s? Correct. Interesting. If you're qualifying by adding the word late, you're at, you're 28. <laughs> I think, I think. 27 and a half. And I don't think you, you say, you only start saying mid 20s when you're 25. And then that, you're still mid-20s until you're 27. And then 28 is mid to late 20s. 29 is late 20s. Actually, you might even still say, anyway, get back to the email. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So, my boyfriend for almost 10 years now. He's about 13 years older than me. I love him deeply, but he's not much of a partying person. We never go out dancing because that is not his scene. When I go out with my group of girlfriends, other guys will usually start talking to me, buy me shots, and then I would find myself dancing with a guy all night. I never give out my number, but I feel like my friends always judge me the next day 
thinking that I'm cheating because I'm just being too flirty with other men. I recently went to my boyfriend's cousin's wedding, and while I was on the dance floor dancing with the bride, one guy asked me for my name and pulled me to dance with him. I politely danced for a few seconds, then went back to my table. A few hours later, at the after party, the same guy kept approaching me and told me, I hope things work out with your boyfriend, but if not, I'll be here. That guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It made me feel very uncomfortable, and I just walked away, almost ignoring the comment. The cringe part is he was the groom's best man, yada yada. Do you think I should stop accepting drinks, dancing, and just talking to other guys when I go out? Or is that completely acceptable and I'm overthinking it? Please share your thoughts and comments on this topic. Okay. First of all, I don't think we're getting an honest version of this tale really? from this old lady. Really? This, <laughs> oh this old, mid to late, middle-aged, oh my God. elderly woman. Francis is just turning on this listener. No, I'm being an asshole. But I, no, I, I, sh- I don't mean old lady. I was trying to make a joke about the age thing. But I don't think that's an honest email. Interesting. Because in her topic and her subject of the email, she said... We danced all night. He bought me a drink, but I'm taken, right? Mm-hmm. Then she says it's a guy. And then she says that her friends say that she's being too flirtatious and it's weird and it's like cheating. Well, what? It, it seems like she thinks that. Or okay. does she know that? That's a, okay. It doesn't necessarily matter. But. And then all it was in, in her version is a guy that she's dancing with the bride. A guy asked her name. Polite. She politely danced with him for a few seconds. And then hours and hours later at the after party, he came up and said, I hope things work out for you and your boyfriend, but if not, I'm here. Nothing in that would give anyone an issue. Agreed. And, and Agreed. Agreed. you wouldn't even feel guilty about doing that. Guilty enough, one, to write a fucking email with that subject. Two, point out the fact that your friends are giving you shit about it. Girls don't give each other shit for flirting with other guys at a bar. I don't know, dude. I, I sort of am feeling the, the a little bit of the opposite on this one. Like I, you know, that story, like you said, there was no, no sort of like nothing bad happened in that story. Right. But the theme is this is ha- this happens to her. And it sounds like in these other situations, she's going out, she's dancing. It sounds innocent still to me. Like her boyfriend is older. He doesn't want to go do this stuff. There's a world where you can go get a drink from a guy and dance with him. If you're going out dancing, your boyfriend knows you're going out dancing. It doesn't seem super fucked up to me. And then this wedding story was more specific, and I thought she handled it exactly how she should handle it. So you think this is, a, is sort of two separate issues for I, her? Yeah, I think that the the story of the wedding was an example, maybe of maybe she feels like she's putting out bad she's putting out bad energy or something. Yeah, I'm wondering too why the second story was necessary as far as the point is concerned. But maybe it's like. By dancing with people, is she putting out the wrong vibe? Is there a way to just accept a drink, dance with somebody, and not do anything? And it sounds like she's not, and she has like pretty. It sounds like she has a good system. Right. I think most people have a decent gauge of what is shady behavior and what is not. Right. And if you are feeling guilty enough to write an email or you're questioning your behavior enough to write an email to us about advice, chances are you're kind of starting to color outside the lines a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is my guess. And especially if your girlfriends have spoken to you about this. It's unclear. It doesn't sound like they have. It sounds like she, let's see, let's see specifically what she said about the girlfriends. When I go out with my group of girlfriends, other guys will buy me shots. Never got my number, but I feel I feel like my friends always judge me the next day. 
thinking that I'm cheating because again, I'm too flirty with other men. Again, that either they are or that's her saying am I, I am projecting my own shame and and guilt onto yeah. my friends. Right. And you know, dancing can be like you you know, when Zorro fucking swoops over during salsa class and takes your girl uh, and starts dancing with her, it can get sexual. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Dancing is sort mm-hmm. of like there's a little bit of a loophole there. And that's why these fucking creepy guys hang out at these salsa, merengue, whatever places and, and do dance with all these chicks all night. Right. And then you hear them describe a sensual, it's sexy. It's like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. What dude. kind of dancing are we talking about? <laughs> are we bopping around to, you know, Mr. Brightside by the killers? <laughs> or are we, are you grabbing his pant legs and pulling him into you to grind? Exactly. Exactly. So, so, that's all, you know, in, in dancing, it kind of gets blurred, it blurred and you typically get the benefit of the doubt on that one. Yeah. It's sounding to me like, you know, she wants to have fun. She wants to dance. Her boyfriend's over it. He doesn't want to go out. She loves her boyfriend, but she wants to like fucking dance, dude. Like I, it, it sound like it doesn't seem unfair that she should be able to do that. To me. Yeah. But you know, look, there's a part of me that I agree with what it, you're saying. She, she might. And, and maybe I came in hot. I'm glad you provided the counter. Uh, point of view but it sounds to me like a little bit like she wants her cake and eating it too Mm -hmm. you know she wants that sweet the thrill elderly white-haired arthritic (laughs) financially stable man probably to you know settle down with and have an iced tea on a rocking chair uh while also being allowed to run riot around town and dance with zoros left and right uh, i mean i feel that feels harsh to me <laughs> okay okay we don't know we don't know what their you know arrangement is as far as that mm-hmm. well you yeah you right into oops the podcast you're gonna get you're gonna get the <laughs> horns <laughs> so i mean yeah listen it's like you said she emailed for a reason uh if you're feeling bad you're feeling bad for a reason maybe and even if you know maybe she just has an extra active conscience you know, maybe she's just really looking forward to these nights where she gets to go out and feel the touch of a new man, mm, mm-hmm. quote innocently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's a you know, and it, it, she's been in that relationship a long time too. So, right, who knows? Right. Well, listen, if you can ever convince your boyfriend uh, to come out dancing on the town, maybe it's time to set up some home security. Is it so that you don't have to worry when you leave the house? It is, and that's why we love Simply Safe. Simply Safe. Uh, it's a really wonderful company to set up your own home security system. Uh, it was voted by U.S. News and World Report as the best home security system of 2021. Number one. The founders created it as a response to a, a break-in that happened in the uh, in the neighborhood. Bad guys. And uh, it's very, very cool. You know, here at Oops, we love Simply Safe, and there's big news from our favorite home security company. Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and uh, need to help keep your family and your house safe. Best tech. Has an ultra-wide 140-degree field view. So all can, the way around. Keep watch of your entire yard. Mm-hmm. Whole yard. <laughs> Has 1080p HD resolution with an 8x zoom. So I mean, clear it'll burn a hole in your eyeballs. That means you can zoom in so clearly that you can see your neighbors naked next door through Ooh. the window. <laughs> I added that. <laughs> nice. Uh, it has nice. an easy... To re- <laughs> <laughs> has an easy to remove rechargeable battery so it doesn't need an outlet and the camera has all uh has it all and it integrates into your simply safe 
home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Uh, together, it means every door, every window, and room are protected. Uh, so, to learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/slash oops. Uh, what's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitor- monitoring service free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. So again, that's simplysafe.com slash oops. Go get your discount. Go set it up. Dude, I had something embarrassing happen the other day. Okay. So one of my buddies who like works in, he works in sort of like the agency sort of manager side. He reps a bunch of tennis players. We're fast friends. Uh, we met through a couple other comedians. And he came around with me gigging one night. Uh, and we went down. Uh, we were at New York Comedy Club. And we were looking on the wall at all the pictures of all the comedians. And he goes, dude, are you up here? And I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm like, come over here. So I proudly go over to show him my photo just to notice that my photo isn't there. And this is why it's a temporary thing, but there's a little basketball hoop in the club and my photo is right above the basketball hoop. (laughs) Effectively the backboard (laughs) to the fucking basketball hoop. So apparently there was a basketball accident and it knocked my picture off the wall. They got to oh, put it back up. No. But dude, it looked like I was fucking full of shit. <laughs> it looked like I was full of shit. I was like, yeah, I'm right over here. And I'm like, oh, I'm usually right. The only spot where the picture happens to not be there is conveniently the one where I normally am. Yeah. And, and there are hun- a lot of pictures. That doesn't pi- take anything away from no, your no. accomplishment. But. There's like a hundred pictures on the wall. Yeah. At least. Yeah. And I'm up there. I got my one pick. And, you know, I'm proud of that pick. I'm pretty sure that's the only photo of me on the wall of a comedy club yeah i don't have any and i'm proud of it you know and totally you should be it was funny that <laughs> it just seemed like i was full of shit <laughs> i was like god damn it did you have one of the managers tell your buddy hey you know the whole story no you should have had someone corroborate your claim i should have and i think i sort of like mentioned a couple of things but then i was there the next day too and i i told joe the manager of the story and he laughed he's like dude, don't worry, I'll fix it by the end of the night. I went the next day, it still wasn't fixed, but mm. <laughs> I'm sure they had other, better things to do. Hopefully, I'll be back up soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just so you know, if you go into your comedy club and you look to the left above the basketball hoop where there was once a photo, it was my photo. <laughs> Worst real estate in the joint. Oh, What are you going to do? Mm. It's fucking tough out there, dude. I'm trying to think if I have something interesting to tell you. Um, I, I, have a, I have a question. If Please. Um, and the, so a couple of funny things. First of all, I love our community here at Oops the Podcast because I sat here shitting on saxophones for five minutes. <laughs> I have gotten zero hate messages. I've only gotten links to educate me. Mm-hmm. I've gotten polite links being like, take a peek at this before you completely write off the sax. Yeah, yeah. And I have gotten a lot of cool stuff for sure. I, th- I thought about forming a burner account and sending you some hate mail. Dude, that's hilarious. Like, sax is cool. I mean, dude, live music is is a great thing. You know what I mean? Have you watched that Woodstock '99 documentary? No, I actually watched the 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 other one that came out. About what? So there was one that that one came out and everyone loved it. But at the same time, there was one that came out about the concert in the park series oh. that ran at the same it was the same weekend. Oh, really? And it was it was much more geared towards the black community, and it was a lot of incredible sort of soul acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, from I think the seventies, right or sixties? Uh, I'm, I'm it was sure. the same weekend as the Woodstock one. Well, the Woodstock one was in nineteen ninety nine, though. 
That's when the concert was? The Wood, it's the Woodstock 99 documentary. Oh, then... Not from the original. Then never mind. Okay, okay then I'm totally wrong about this. No, no, no. The Woodstock... Watched, oh, sorry, sorry. The one in the Central Park was just really cool. I have to check that out. Yeah, cool. it's like the Bee Gees and, you know, a bunch of incredible sort of soul and, I guess, pop groups from back then. Very cool. Yeah. And disco shit. And you had, like, tens of thousands of people coming out. Free concert, just... Enjoying music for free in the park. That's fun, dude. Yeah. Um, this Woodstock '99 documentary, documentary is cool because it kind of talks about how because you know there's that amazing Woodstock '69 documentary that sort of like it glorified what it was and all this stuff. And of course, it was this great thing, but it kind of shows how trying to take that and replicating it in 1999 just didn't work mm-hmm. with the kind of shit that was going on. And it just kind of showed all the sort of bands that were performing there that have since kind of become a joke. Like Limp Bizkit. Yeah, I was going to say Limp Bizkit. Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Dude, yeah. there's one moment where Kid Rock goes, like they're kind of talking about how it's kind, of, it's kind of this like angsty, angry, young white guy vibe there. And it just like cuts to this thing of Kid Rock going, I don't know shit about politics, but Monica Lewinsky's a fucking hoe and Bill Clinton's a fucking pimp. And everyone's like, ah, dude, it's just like it's crazy to see. these this like five hundred thousand person mosh pit just losing their mind to like biscuit and shit it's a really interesting crazy watch that i really like enjoyed and thought of limp biscuit did a reunion tour right they recently we came back together and performed i know that because everyone was commenting on how fred durst looks now oh he was trying to like look like a dad i don't even know yeah yeah. yeah, if you look at his instagram he has like a dad vibe going on is he a dad? Yeah, I believe so. Well, there you go. <laughs> but I'll, dude, that would be a fun Halloween costume, Fred Durst. They're hmm. touring right now. Yeah, they are? man, I was a, I was a Limp Biscuit guy. Dude, I was too. I, I loved Limp Biscuit. I loved all that. Shit. I had chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. That was their second big album. Their first one, I can't remember. The first one, I believe, was self titled, and then the second one was called what was it called again? Chocolate starfish and, and hot, the hot dog, dog flavored, flavored water. water. Well, dude, the the one thing that they show they show when they're performing break stuff remember that song yeah just one of those days yeah. you don't want to wake up <laughs> everything is uh, everybody sucks Dude, hillary was making me crack up because when hillary really pays attention to something she always has commentary which can be annoying but it's sad like in general but not for me because i'm so satisfied at the fact that she's paying attention mm. that i'm i love it and she's always hilarious she says the funniest shit she goes like she had never really heard limp biscuit so he's doing that thing that you're saying right now he kind of yeah. started the song and he starts going everything is fucked everybody sucks you know that like stupid <laughs> yeah, voice and she, on, yeah. and she just shakes her head and goes what the fuck is that <laughs> dude, dude, that i can see her saying it that dude, way yeah. that's a good hillary that's a good hillary right then yeah. another th- another thing another thing the, uh, where she responded similarly like there's this part where these guys just like push over this metal tower for no reason and I then they all turn towards the camera and start going ah and she goes what is that she goes literally what is that what are they doing like what what is <laughs> it's just so fucking funny but anyway dude and that part they really build up like frederick is like when you've had the worst fucking day you hate me, you hate you, da 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 da. Yeah. And then he goes, I crack a chainsaw. That yeah. part, I skin your ass raw. And he goes, and my day keeps going this way. Break your fucking face. Yeah. Hillary grabbed my arm and just braced herself. 
Because it was yeah. so, and like just seeing the mosh pit like, explode. Give me something to burn. Dude, yeah. And she was like scared. It was crazy. It was a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing to watch. That's what we used to listen to. We I know. Would alternate between that and DMX, which also he performed at that as well. So, dude, yeah. that's the thing. At the time, we were young enough that anything that was popular, we like. So it's interesting because I literally had the Backstreet Boys album that I was listening yeah. to actively while listening to Corn and Limp Bizkit and DMX and all this stuff. And these are all the people who performed mm. at this concert. Uh, and just a bunch of crazy shit went down, and it was funny to watch with Hillary. Well. It is pretty wild how there was such a market for the most angry, insane lyrics. And you don't really hear that as much anymore. Maybe not in like the mainstream, right? Like the billboard, like that kind of music is there that like yeah, angry but, metal. But now, now, I mean, WAP is what is eliciting the backlash to the content. Right, right, right. right? Like my wet ass pussy, and it's you know people are saying how could you talk like this? Well, back in our day, it was Eminem talking about dicing up his wife in a bathtub and then throwing her in a lake and shit. Do that? Yeah, no, of course. Um, and it, it's it just makes me think about how little music, let alone how many artists did, how much of it didn't survive till now. Like it, it that that era did not age well. Even people who sort of like were big before that made music during that and continued their career that like 1998 1999 is typically like the weakest part of those artists catalog hmm. besides like dmx who r.i.p and like was eminem but even him like hard life volume two like not like the music didn't age super well in my hmm. opinion right. it's not the blueprint it's not like one of his classic works even Nas's stuff then was kind of weird like that was the the uh the one where he was the sphinx on the cover it was called I Am, I believe, the album. Mm. Not like, I don't know. It just wasn't as sophisticated of a time. Mm -hmm. And think about like the Nellies, the Jaw Rules, like these kind of people didn't really make it into this next step of music. Nelly sold 30 million copies he was of the, he was the fucking man. Country Grammar. And that was, I mean, it was great. It's triple Diamond. Yeah. Um, It took him 20 years to get there, but it did. Now, Here's something. I was doing a '90s pop ride on Peloton, and yeah. I, the song "Light," uh, "New Kids on the Block," had a bunch of hits. Chinese, yeah, by food LFO, makes me "Light sick. Funky Ones." Yeah. Have you ever listened to the lyrics from that song? For the summer, I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. No, it, the the, the <laughs> chorus is wonderful. How's it go again? I take her if I had one wish, but she's been gone I'm since last summer, summer. Since last summer. summer, whatever. The, the the words in between the choruses are the worst lyrics I've ever heard in <laughs> a, any song ever. What what are they? Um, it's called "Summer Girls" by LFO. LFO. Pull it up on your phone and let me read these some of these lyrics. Because it didn't occur to me until I was struggling through this Peloton ride. It's not a good song. Well, when you all of a sudden you're actually hearing the lyrics and. Okay, there are so many, just, it feels like lyrics that are just thrown in just to to make it rhyme, but have nothing to do with each other. Hip hop, marmalade, spick and span, met you one summer and it all began. You're the best girl that I ever did see, the great Larry Bird, Jersey 33. When you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet. Billy Shakespeare run, wrote a whole bunch of sonnets. 
those two things. That's about done. That's yeah, about Larry. When you take a sip, you buzz like a hornet. Hornet. And he and then he ends up saying, "Bill, sonnet." He says, "Sonnet." He says it like that <laughs> in the song, bad, and bad. it drove it made me that's cringe. Bad. That's a bad line. Before me, before it was all right, it was fine. Yeah, call me Willie Whistle because I can't speak, baby. Something in your eyes really drove me crazy. Not a good one um, there. Stayed all summer, then went back home. Macaulay Culkin was in Home Alone. <laughs> Yes, Those are was. just facts. Yes, he was. Those he, are just like it's it's like he's reading an IMDB page. Yes, he was. Fell deep in love, but now he ain't speaking. Michael J. Fox was Alex P. Keaton. <laughs> when I met you, I said my name is Rich. You look like a girl from Abercrombie and Fitch. Why? What is the story behind you know the, the casting? Alex P. Keaton was the main character in the comedy show Family Ties, who was played by Michael J. Fox. That's just a fact. Yeah. That's just a casting fact. Uh, why does he say this Macaulay Culkin thing? Yeah, dude, it doesn't really make much sense. Anyway, that's terrible. Um, yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was some bad music around that time, dude. And even it's funny, like sometimes a song will come on, but and there's still there's nostalgia towards that era, and that but that shouldn't be confused with the quality of it. Like there's all the that that like playlist that everybody loves. That sort of like early two thousands rap R and B playlist is a great playlist for a party. The Ashanti, Ja Rule, like there's some great songs there, don't get me wrong. But then like fucking remember Chicken to China, the Chinese chicken? Yeah. Like I can't sing lyrics to that song with somebody else without us both breaking out in hysterical. Yeah, bare naked ladies. That song was I mean, terrible. Kid Rock's big hit, which I heard recently, was Ba with da Ba. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Ba with the ba, the bang, the bang, diggy, 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 said the boogie, said the hump the boogie. Yeah, he's still like, you know, has a pretty bad rap overall, I would yeah. say. But he plays every instrument. Can't take that away from him. He's like, yeah, dude. He, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. You did that one country song that actually slowed it down a little. Where I think I thought, he now oh, does country music. Kind of a musician. Okay, I believe he I now does country that. music. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is funny though. Somebody pointed this out. They're like, in that era of music, there wasn't always a DJ, but all the DJ did was go wiki wiki, <laughs> and they're like somehow that guy made it on stage. Yeah. yeah. And like I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, definitely watch uh, that doc. It's on HBO Max. Cool. Woodstock '99. Uh, Dig it. Is this Woodstock, New York, up in the Hudson so, River Valley? So it, it breaks down a lot of things. So the original, all three Woodstocks were done upstate in different places. So the first one happened, I forget where. Uh, then I think the second one was like in like Saugerties. Yeah. And then the third one was in Rome, New York. Okay. So they were all at different locations. Uh, Those are, I, I know Saugerties is close to the actual Woodstock town of Woodstock. Yeah. The first one may have literally been in the town of Woodstock. I don't even, yeah. Chris is nodding his head. Okay. So then this third one was, it, it was done in Rome, New York, uh, all done in upstate New York, all put on by the same people, the guys who did it originally. And the 94 one went well, but the 99 one, the, just the sort of music, and then, dude, they they would do all these like tributes to the original one, like like Creed or or somebody brought out the the guitarist from the Doors, mm. and like all this stuff was completely lost on the audience. Nobody understood any of these callbacks. Wow! Like playing the Star Spangled Banner, like like Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Nobody understood any of these references, That's and it's sad. like it's just funny. Mm-hmm. I lied. It was actually in Bethel, New Bethel, York, New York, forty yes. miles from southwest of Woodstock. Got it. Got it. Makes sense, guys. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software 
where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Hey, um, are you excited about fall? Dude, I am. I know I ask you this a lot. We talked about it very briefly, but I was walking down the street the other day, and sorry to, to immediately no, chime no. in about this thought, but I was like, what would happen if like for 80% of the year, New York was like 75 per degrees with low humidity? Like, like how many more people would live here? Just, just what would happen? Like, would I, I know that this is already the most expensive rental market again? Like, would that just go up thirty percent, or would it have this like LA-ifying effect where people became less motivated and slowly started to like be outside mm. all the time and not work? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, it's just so interesting to think about because besides how terrible the weather typically is here, it's really great. And when the weather is good, there's nowhere better to be in the world. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Do you feel that way? I agree. Yeah, the fall is my favorite season in New York. It's the best. Saying that you saying that another season is your favorite season in New York, I would love to hear why because yeah. I can't imagine. Well, October is the best month, and 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 you know for a few for for so many reasons. One, sports wise, you've got football in full swing. You've got the World Series in baseball. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, basketball and hockey restarting, right? And then. You've got um, the best weather, and every everybody dresses up a little more. What is the outfit you are most excited to brush off that you've missed over the last four or five months? Dude, the other night, it was a crispy fucking like 67, 68 degrees Friday night. I was rocking a green fucking crew neck sweatshirt. And khakis, rocking a hat, looking like a fucking snack, dude. Oh, yum! I looked, I looked great, and I was like, "Damn, I miss this shit. I miss this getup." And it, yeah. that getup doesn't last that long because no. it eventually just gets too cold for it. Like the like sort of evening light jacket, light sweatshirt weather. It's just like a blip, mm-hmm. you know. But nothing is worse than being jacket guy too soon. You think to yourself, it's not that warm out, and you throw on a sweater or a jacket, and then you go out, and it's still 85, 82 degrees, and everyone's like, you're not that comfortable. You just, <laughs> you were just too excited to jump you back just think into you look fall so good. attire. Dude, so there's a guy I know. You probably know him, too, and I'm going to stop bragging on him for this after this because I give him a lot of shit about it. Even literally on one of my Instagram stories recently, I pointed it out. But this guy I know, Alex Peshera, you know him? He's a comic. So. He hangs around the stand a bit. Like Nice guy, funny guy. Uh, he's a friend and he wears a fucking winter hat all summer because he looks good. He does look good in it, but I don't know why he's like so committed to it. And we all give him so much shit. Mm. And it's funny. I posted that today or like a couple days ago, whatever. And he, and, and one of the, our other friends in the picture reposted it and he accidentally replied to my story instead of replying to him and was like, fuck, I knew he was going to do this. So I feel bad. <laughs> like I'm ragging on him. I don't want to like be bullying this guy, but like, mm. It's insane to be wearing a winter Carhartt hat all year round. Yeah, that's hot. Here, it's especially crazy in New York. So that's an extreme example of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But you got to dress appropriately for the occasion. Mm -hmm. And if you're just like, this is my best outfit and it doesn't work based on the weather, it's, it's being done in vain. Yeah. Yeah. 
I am so excited. Have I told you that you have I have jackets? You have good gear. I have a good jacket game. Good gear. I have to really restrain myself from buying more jackets because I simply don't need them. Francis loves a good fucking Bell staff shipped to New Jersey to avoid the tax purpose oh, uh, purchase. Oh, yeah. Never forget, if you guys don't get that reference, you got to go d- uh, deeper in our back catalog because Francis loves the old splurge on the novelty item. Splurge purchase. with bird. Yeah. Splurge with bird. Okay. So have I told you this about my boots uh, that I took to get not? resold? No. How did that go? Oh, my God. This is something that has consumed me. <laughs> it must have been more than six months, if not coming up on a year ago, that I took two pairs of beloved boots to a boot and shoe repair person, a cobbler. Mm-hmm. And I had used this sir, this store before. I'm going to say their name. I have no problem with that. Uh, Romano Cobbler on between 21st and 22nd Street on 8th Avenue in Chelsea in New York. And in fact, they were referred to me by a friend of mine who said, if you're ever looking, send me this text out of the blue, if you're ever looking for great cobbler, Romano Cobbler is your place. I didn't ask him, hey man, do you know a good cobbler? (laughs) And so he just sent this to me, which made me go. I had a, a pair of boots or shoes resold by them. They did a good job. Everything was fine. So later, a year or two later, I go back. I have two pairs of boots. Okay. And one of them is in terrific shape. Mm-hmm. They just need a new sole because I'd, I'd worn the rubber sole down to the, yeah. the boot. And I would you start to damage the boot if you wear through that. And it just starts to hurt to walk it in. Yeah. These are, um, these are wingtip boots. They were really, really nice boots. And I loved them. And then I had another pair of boots, Alan Edmonds boots, that were I'd worn to shit. I'd beaten them up. But they with some work and some love, they would have been fixed up. So the guy gives me, he's, you know, I think he's a Russian guy, gives me kind of the hard sell on what I should do. You know, you need a good year uh, sewn in. It'll last you a lot longer. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do a special deal for you, special deal for you. I'm like, for right. you, for you. Yeah, whatever. I don't fucking Classic. care, dude. Just tell me what it costs. Tells me some random number, like 200-something bucks. And then I hand him my credit card, and I pay. Okay. Okay? Now. Mistake. I uh, go back, like, four weeks later. He had said that when it was done, he would call me. Never which is what him. he did the first time. I never got the call from him. Okay. So I go back in a month later. I open the door. And actually, that's not what happened. The first time I went back... <laughs> The, it was the middle of the day during opening hours, and the gate was closed. And they okay. said, sorry, we're closed. So I said, all right, that's weird. Then I went back a week later, and I walked in, and the guy who, had, who ran the store, who mm-hmm. did my boots, was in there, and he looked deathly ill. Really? Deathly ill. Jesus. Sniffles, uh, very pale. He was you know voice was very hoarse he said um hi and i was like hey and he was like i you know what's going on and i was like well i was just seeing about my boots and he goes i'm really sorry i'm behind i got covid and i started this was at the time when everyone was really afraid yeah kind of so i started backing out like well i don't want to be in here like what do you mean 
And I'm like, and, I'm, and he goes, no, I'm good now. And I'm like, dude, I'm looking at you. You're not good. You're not even close. <laughs> You're in the middle of it. Jesus. You're in the heart of COVID. Jesus. And he's like, no, no, I'm good, but I'm going to get back. I'm just a little behind on my work. And I was like, dude, don't worry about it. I'll come back in a couple weeks. He goes, good, good, good. I come back a couple weeks later, gates close. Come back the next week, gates close. Oh, and now no. there's a note in the window, in the door that says, uh, we are temporarily closed due to covid uh come back soon oh my god they have been closed for eight months oh my god and my two really nice pairs of boots are in there they're just being held hostage dude. i've done everything i can to try to track this down i have gone to their facebook page i wrote them a facebook message i got some email that i don't know if it's working or not i've written them two emails Jesus. I even said that one of the pairs of boots was given to me by uh, as a hand-me-down from a beloved relative who passed away. That's that not even? true, oh, but Jesus I thought Christ. I, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use a little bit of guilt here. And I, I said, look, amnesty policy. I don't care if you've put the soles on the boots. You don't have to return the money that I paid. I just want the boots back. Yeah, I am not hearing. It's radio silence. Jesus. And then I was on the street. I ran into the neighbors who run the flower shop next door. And they told me, yeah, this guy, he does this a lot. What? He's been, he comes in and out of the store every once in a while. If you want us to pass your information on to him. And I was like, yeah. And I gave my information. I haven't heard anything. How do I get my boots back? What can I do? (laughs) You might have to, dude, this is, this would have been the good time to do the simply safe ad, dude. Can I fight? What, do, do I like go with the police? We have to break in. That's you, what we do. We go get your boots. It's like eight hundred dollars worth of boots, six hundred dollars worth of boots. I don't know, dude. Maybe you like pay a task rabbit to like hang out in front of the store. <laughs> I I feel I, the fact, especially the fact that I know that this guy comes in and out of the store but doesn't open it, is what pisses me off. Yeah, that's really annoying. What do I do? Fuck, dude. Like Romano Cobbler. It's going to be tough to not put in the work on the ground and get this done. If you're not willing to be around and cut, literally just catch him in the, you know, walking by, you might be fucked. Could I write, do I write him a note and slip it under the door? Yeah. And say, Hey, it's a good step. I just want the boots back. No, no harm, no foul, no, no hard feelings. That's crazy. What a crazy story, dude. The boots have come and gone. I want them so badly. We are coming into fall. I want my boots back. Dude, that sucks. I think a lot about breaking the window. You shouldn't do that. What are you going to do? Break into the store? I would use my forearm, my my elbow. I would are, cover my eyes. Are the boots just in As if the... I were opening a fire high, uh, extinguisher. <laughs> are the boots just in the window? I just know they're in there. <laughs> Imagine. I know they're in there. Just on display. Break the window, go in, grab my boots, get out. If the guy says that you owe me for a new window, I say, okay, subtract it from the debt of the souls that I paid. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I don't know. I like you're gonna have to just keep this is gonna be a long game and it sounds like he'll be back. He'll get him back eventually, but that's fucking sucks ass. Do you need, <laughs> think I need to move on? No. I wouldn't do I would not be able to move on. I know what I would do. My life would stop and I would go Stake sit on out. the corner of 22nd and 8th until I saw him is what I would do. And that's the wrong thing to do. It's not that important. I mean, they are great boots and, you know, you'll get them back eventually. You think? Yeah. I don't know. Unless he just never comes back. 
That's where I thought this story was going. Something, something's off with this guy. Yeah. Just has uh, lingering COVID. <sighs> okay. To be continued. Well, dude, I'll tell you what. Uh, in the meantime, mm-hmm. maybe it's time to get a new toothbrush. Dude. Okay. Well, that'll be a good start. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, we love these Quip toothbrushes. Uh, they're fantastic. The Smart Toothbrush, I mean, they're with all sorts of incentives to get you to brush your teeth. You can get points and you can win a bunch of cool stuff entering into sweepstakes. Uh, and if you already have a Quip, you can upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features that you know and love. Sensitive sonic vibrations, two-minute timer with 30-second pulses for guided clean. Slim, lightweight, sleek, with no wires or bulky charger to weigh you down. Multi-use travel cover that doubles as a mirror mount for less clutter and is also great for uh, for us, Francis, going on the road all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build a complete routine. Mint or watermelon toothpaste, floss that expands to clean, love good floss, uh, refillable sugar-free gum in a one-click dispenser that delivers a long-lasting mint flavor. Mm. Uh, in addition to brush heads, Quip also delivers all the stuff that you might need, fresh floss, toothpaste, mouthwash, etc. Uh, you can start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today. Go to getquip.com slash oops right now to save $10 on a Quip Smart Electric Toothbrush. That's $10 off a Smart Electric Toothbrush at getquip.com slash oops. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash oops. Quip, the good habits company. So Francis, let me ask you a question, dude. The uh, We were talking about you tutoring and all that stuff. I, I remember When I was younger, I had much more trouble sort of turning down fun because i had stuff early in the morning so especially if it was like a tennis lesson you know what i mean which a lot of the time i'd be like all right i'm gonna go out tonight and tomorrow's gonna suck uh-huh. but i'll get through it and it always sucked and it was one of those things where you did you would get through it but by the time you got through it you forgot how terrible it was <laughs> yeah. and the next time you had to try for it um you're like, well, what, why would I do this to myself? Yeah. Was that ever a thing for you, tutoring? Yeah. So, yes. I think the half-life for misery when you're young is much shorter. Yeah, it's true. Decay, misery decays uh, far far quicker when you're young than, than it does now. Um, you're asking if when I was younger, did I do go out and do crazy stuff and just say, tomorrow's going to suck, so be it? Like, yeah. Like, you have, oh, you have to tutor man. at 10 a.m., yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't really, you know, tutoring. You usually the the thing that sucked for me was when I would go out knowing I had an early flight. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you say, "Well, oh, whatever, I'll just pass out on the plane." And I that's a lie. That is a terrible decision. I don't sleep on planes, and I know that to be true. But I wouldn't admit that to myself. Because I wanted to have drinks and go out and be social. Yeah, it's funny how the sort of the part of your life that you're not looking forward to when you're younger, you just sort of like completely write it off as a wash. And as you get older, you realize that that's wrong. Yeah. For example, what you're talking about. It's like like squeezing every ounce out of whatever, your trip or whatever, and then being like, tomorrow's going to suck, but it's okay. Yeah. It's not okay. The other you learn that. Yeah, the <laughs> other thing that I would do is, you know, when you're young, sex is so scarce mm-hmm. that you're willing to you know, red riding hood over the bridge and through the woods <laughs> to this random girl's place <laughs> I go <laughs> on a Monday night 
Yeah. I remember going up to Columbia University's campus yeah. when I was living in Tribeca on a weeknight <laughs> for a girl that I, I didn't really even know. And I got up there, you know, and, and, and you got to watch a movie and have a few glasses of wine. And then finally, you know, yeah. what we both know is the entire purpose of this conjugal visit happens 3 a.m and then you you know you you leave Mm -hmm. and you don't i remember riding the subway home on a weeknight at 4 a.m and you know day laborers were asleep on their way to work (laughs) and i remember thinking this is this is not right (laughs) but i also laughed about it because i was young and that's what i did i said i'm young i'm gonna remember this right and and you know a a fun night like that can give you a little bit of pep in your step to get through the day sometimes particularly when it comes to that kind of stuff yeah as opposed to like just a night out partying where like nothing exciting happened but there there were nights too where you would go out super super late not sleep and then you'd go out the next night i know and it's when you would string those nights together that I can't believe I even used to do that. I'd start my, I'd lose my voice. I would, yeah, yeah, look sallow and bad. sunken. Your eye sockets turn blue. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Your it's eyes are bloodshot. Good. Everything, you know, you wear the scars of your bad decision making on totally. your face of your battles. Yeah, because um, dude, I, especially like. My tennis teaching stuff, initially, like when you get into the tennis teaching game at this place that I was at, you sort of get the shittier hours until you don't, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like you stay there long enough, you get to kind of make your schedule. Um, But at first you kind of have to take whatever you can get. So inevitably I'm teaching on Saturday and Sunday and my Saturday morning class was like usually little kids for like a few hours. So like it would be groups of kids. And, you know, I get there and there's these like seven-year-old boys and like, I'm like, all right, guys, line up. And I'm just like so hungover dying. And like the kid's first response to that is like just make, start making fart noises and like pretending their racket is a machine gun and shooting me. And I'm just like, this sucks. (laughs) Like just making it so much harder. You're like, they're not even listening. Like it's so, and because the thing that sucks about that too is a lot of the time, like really funny cute stuff happens when you teach these little kids mm-hmm, you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like if you just don't have energy you can't even appreciate it because it really takes energy yeah one thing that i've gotten so much better at is being realistic about my time mm-hmm. and i think to your point right so one of the issues i used to have is that uh i would tutor on sundays mm-hmm. in the afternoon or whatever i would schedule tutoring sessions because a lot of kids you know that was a good time for them sunday afternoons and i would always get invited to a sports bar sidebar to watch football 15th and on uh, sundays yeah right near the stand yeah and my friends would blow up yeah at sidebar on sundays i mean it was like fireball shot after fireball (laughs) shot chugging bud lights you're soaked and my always thought was like, well, I'll go to the 1 p.m. game and then I'll leave in the fourth quarter oh and uh, I won't have many drinks. Have, oh if God. I have one, just one or two beers, I'll still be able to tutor. And by 3 o'clock, I'm texting the parents like, 
like, listen, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm not <sighs> feeling well. I, uh, I, I don't, is there any chance we can reschedule? And it's because, you know, yeah. I'm 14 Coronas deep <laughs> and I've just, I'm singing songs and watching, you know, bet on the football game and I, that. So you get to a point that happens enough times where the parents are pissed that you've postponed, you've, you've hurt your professional yeah. credibility that you suddenly become a little more self-aware yeah. and you say dude no more wishful thinking planning yeah i am not scheduling work on a day when i have a tendency to have fun and yeah. to, to put fun ahead of work. yeah 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 it's it's crazy to just like not accept that it's important to be like okay this well, is you, what's gonna happen you're as you're when you're young you're unaware of your your limitations mm -hmm. and it's to your point you're like well i can suck it up because you have sucked it up right and there were a couple times where i would go to the tutoring sessions drunk against all odds getting through it i'm like i feel can do, invincible yeah i can do seventh grade math shit faced yeah. no problem yeah this is a breeze yeah. you know <laughs> remembering <laughs> order of operations yeah i got it <laughs> so I don't know, man. I, that, you know, it's that someone once used this term to describe it. The this is a slightly different phenomenon, but the idea that, um, you know, I I would I would say, well, I have a four o'clock tutoring session on the Upper East Side. I'm in Brooklyn, and I only you know I only need to leave twenty five minutes to get there via subway. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I I would do that is because once. I had run from my apartment to the subway. The the, tr the train was in the station as I frantically swiped my Metro card, sprinted down the stairs and hopped on just as the doors were closing. Express train skips a stop, no halting yeah, on the train, yeah. and you pull in, and then you get there right as the clock struck four. Yeah. And you say, oh, that's how long it takes me to get there. Right, right, right. No, that is the best you've ever best done. Case scenario, and yeah. they said you're a chron optimist. <laughs> Chronological, uh, you know, someone yeah. who who bases the amount of time they need to get on somewhere the best case scenario. on the best case scenario. That's funny. That's dude, that's very relatable right now actually. Um for a couple so like when I would teach tennis, like you can't be late to a tennis lesson. Right. Because the court time is the court time. So the lesson's from 1 to 2. You get there at 110, it's a terrible look. You get there at 103, it's a terrible look. Mm -hmm. You have to be like, I need to get here on time no matter what. So you have you learn to give yourself an extra half an hour. Yeah. Which has actually turned me into a very punctual person. Like I'm usually exactly on time. Yeah, you're you pretty you're that. pretty good. You're never late for the I'm podcast. Very, very, rarely Neither late. of you, which is awesome. Gee, I had uh I was away for the weekend mm -hmm. where I had I had to go buy coffee. Oh wow. Did you forget to bring your your Brooklyn Roasters with you, Brooklyn Roasting Company. I feel like carrying coffee with me to travel is a little bit neurotic. Yeah, I would agree. That's a little too OCD. Too that's much too, of a statement. That's too prissy. I agree. But the, as soon as I got home and woke up this morning and had that delicious Brooklyn ah. Roasting coffee hit my lips, that was the moment even more then climbing into my bed last night <laughs> where I said, I'm home. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I said, I'm home. And I had the Mocha Java 
They've also sent me some Java Mocha. Both superb. <laughs> there's Mocha Java and there's Java Mocha and they're both excellent. Dude, I love it. I love it. Mocha Java, baby. Brooklyn Mocha Roasting Java, Company. Java hey, gee, here's the question. You know, if I had woken up with a girl in my bed, as, <laughs> as I did, because we lived together, uh, would she have come back for second helping? She definitely would have. And dude, oh, I can only help but think of that like little Dicky music video that like your friend who's on cocaine makes you watch every time. Dude, you got to see this video where he has a girl in his bed and they're like doing the small talk. Oh, the yeah pillow talk. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can just imagine him being like. Did you know there's mocha java, but also java mocha? Those are different things. But how about those different things? And then her, yes, that, I picture that situation. Love it. Her having her mind blown. We love broken roasting. It's the best coffee I've ever had in my life. That it's is delicious. a patently true statement. And um, you should join their Coffee of the Month Club, their subscription club, because we are part of it. And it just is Christmas every month. <laughs> Brokenroasting.com, promo code OOPSBEANS. 5% off your order. Go there today. Do not delay. Mocha Java is the play. <laughs> nice. But my dad and one of my one of my best friends just did this this weekend. Like we uh our buddy's kid was it was our buddy's kid's birthday party and he was coming back to the city for the party. And he calls me in the middle of the party telling me about how bad traffic is and I'm like, "Dude, you've made this trip a thousand times mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know that there's traffic on sunday like i'm not going to sit here and tell you it's all good like you knew that there was like it's sunday mm -hmm. and it's the u.s open mm -hmm. and it's the like and if you didn't think of that you should have dude like right. i'm not going to be like wow i can't believe how bad traffic is my reaction is you should have planned better right because my dad does this too dude and my dad it's if it, the stakes are lower but my dad every single time he's driving to the city and he teaches he teaches at columbia now so he's here every week um, but anytime he's coming to see me, he calls me telling me about traffic as if it's like force majeure and some like <laughs> unexpected thing happened. I'm like, dude, you've been driving into the city your entire life. Yeah. Even when you lived in the Bronx, like, you know that there's traffic. Why are you calling me acting like it's crazy that there's traffic? You know that there's going to be traffic. Yeah. Does it make you mad though? Or do you expect it? Okay, so no, with my friend, I didn't care at all. And it, like he, it wasn't even, it's not like it was my kid's birthday and it had nothing to do with me. And with my dad, yes, I've come to expect it. And it's like, it's not for anything necessarily that important besides the fact that like my day will typically get fucked up slightly because they're going to be three hours late mm -hmm. or something or two hours or whatever. Uh, because they leave late, then they hit traffic, then they hit whatever. Uh, but he ballparks the time usually. So I'm not mad, but I have come to expect it mm. for sure. Does it ever stress you out to think about how, given that you, you know, if you assume that you're going to live to whatever, 80, 90, the, that you are going to be frantically late for things at least 50 more times? Why? Just because that's how life goes. Is it? I don't Something's know. going to ha traffic's going to happen on your way to a wedding, or wait, but what do you mean? Oh, oh, oh I see what you're saying. I'm saying in in the given how much time we yeah, have I left to saying. live, you know that you're going to put your. Yeah. You are not only going to have fifty more horrific. Oh shit! Oh shit! We're so late. This is such a bad look. How are we ever going to? apologize for uh -huh, this uh -huh. they're going to be so mad they're waiting for us uh -huh. moments you're also going to have 
maybe 10 more horrific toe stubs or broken nose walk into a door so dude i think bad pain moments i think about this all the time but with fights with my friends i know i'm like i'm gonna have at least that's a that's a good one a couple dozen like really uncomfortable fights with my friends we adore each other yeah we may have I a know. brutal fight and i hope that we don't and it, it gives me that gives me a lot of anxiety i think about that occasionally i'm like i'm gonna maybe get into a really bad fight with with a friend and it's gonna be so uncomfortable and i hate it, it sucks and then then when it happens i'm like see yeah i swear like you, you know dude it's that that gives me anxiety but no never about being late never about stubbing my toe but definitely i, I about think yeah the, the the friend one the friend one's an interesting one because yes you, you don't you i guess the only way to settle your thoughts about that is to know that if the friendship is strong enough hopefully you'll be able to work through it together yes yes and you know i have gotten pretty good over the years too about sort of trying to face it head on um and like talk it out if mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. sometimes you can't but you know it's definitely it usually makes it much easier to kind of get right in there and be like look this and that is there something this is a really broad question is there some phenomenon or experience that you've had in your life where you say i really hope that never happens again not one time more whether it's a breakup or sure yeah just like general the feeling of being humiliated I don't know if it's in like a specific, but you know that's going to happen again. I know, but it's the, it depends what kind of like a, a humiliating thing might not necessarily humiliate me. You know what I mean? Like bombing. Like I'm not that scared of bombing. Right. I'm scared of doing something where I feel super fucking embarrassed. Uh, I'm definitely a little bit on edge about that. But specifically, there's not really a thing that I can pinpoint. Man, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking the other day about how comedy has if nothing else it just has taken the sting out of embarrassment for me Interesting. more than more than anything else i don't find that humiliation sticks with me that long right that's good i think i do experience it in some moments uh that's important but it's it really bounces off other things fester mm-hmm. other you know personal attacks especially from people whose opinions or approval I seek, uh, if they were to say something condemning of me or even even a small, small thing that I took the wrong way, that I won't forget about that for years. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many episodes ago, I told you about this guy that I went to high school with. Yeah, yeah. That I looked up to. Um, Where he, he was condescending about politics. No, okay. no, no. Um, oh, I guess vaguely. I mean, he he's a um, he's you know he's done this thing where we we want. I asked him to come on the podcast back when we were having guests. He's a a war photographer. Oh, that's sick. And he's won uh, what's the what's the journalism award? Peabody. He's won. I think he's won a Peabody award, or like he and his team did. I think he's a war correspondent, photographer, documentarian for Vice super interesting guy goes to syria goes to crazy south sudan wherever you know just war-torn areas 
And I said, you know, we'd love to have you on the podcast. And uh, his response was, I appreciate it. Great to hear from you. You know, I, I think I'm respectfully, I'm going to pass for now. Your humor doesn't really jive with me. <laughs> oh, my God. And I have woken up from sleeping with that thought in my head. That's the, 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 with That's the like sting the Marty, of that. the Marty Fish thing. Yeah, with the sting of that moment that has that has woken me in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. And and mostly because all I can think is, well, why didn't he just say no? Why did he have to tell me? Why did he have to cre- say an a full indictment of my sense of humor? Why did he have to do that? Why did he need that to add that? Yeah, but yeah. for to make me feel lesser, right? It was, it, it was also our my overture was was a nice one. Yeah, I you know I said hey we really I respect you're what you do I think you'd be a great guest would love to have you, and he said I don't basically I don't I don't agree with what you're doing. Yeah, and it's never it's you know and it, it's his opinion he has a problem with you should not be so lasting. Yeah, in my mind. Yeah, no, it's I mean it's important it, it's really important to try your one's best and i'm i'm certainly no expert at this at all in fact quite the opposite i let stuff like that get to me too and sometimes it's hard to accept the fact that like some people are just going to think they're right when i think they're wrong that is difficult for me sometimes but like you kind of just have to like i really admire people who are so sure about their stance and like they don't care that it's controversial they don't care that other people think it's wrong i do care and sometimes it, it it bothers me when like people I'm close with or people I know have some, whether it's something like what you just described or just like they think that I did something that I didn't do or you know what I mean? They they don't understand the situation properly. Like that really can bother me as well. Mm. Uh, and I think maybe we both got to try to get better at it. I don't know. Well, one thing, one thing that's really helped me is trying to trace or diagnose why people said or took the stance that they did. And that's something that I only started doing later in life, which is to sort of understand the origins of why people act the way they do or the say, say the things they do. And I, I find that a lot of the time I attribute their behavior or their insults to insecurities on their part. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that may be a cop out because you're basically just saying that guy's only saying that because he sucks or whatever, you know, and he knows he sucks. Right. And that's I'm sure that's a bit of a cop out or a self-soothing uh, uh yeah. Yeah. panacea. Technique. But um there there are, you know, when you when you can understand that when you can understand that a lot of the time that people are being mean to you because something's wrong with mm, them. I know. That they dealt with something or this this especially helps me with trolls on the internet, which and I don't really get trolled that much anymore. But I mean, I've told you this thousands of times. I recently had one where some guy said, "You know, you suck." Ever since you left Barstool, or you you haven't been funny. You, that was must must be shitty to know that that was the height. Of, the bet your best days are behind you. And I just wrote back, you know, like, "Hey, man, all good. Appreciate you following me anyway." Mm-hmm. Just a nothing response. And he immediately responded and said uh, something like, you know, I wrote that. I was on my way to a funeral this morning. I was really not in a good headspace. 
I actually like what you do. Appreciate you responding. Like, I won't say stuff like this again. And weirdly, I don't even believe him that he was on his way to a funeral. Because I feel like that's kind of what you, that's like the family emergency excuse. You're pretty, you're pretty good at this, this sort of scenario. You have to take a more circumspect perspective. You have to take a more bird's eye view as you get older. If you continue to only look at people from eye level, you will never rise above anything. Mm -hmm. If you stay in the weeds, all you're going to see is the shit and the anger that's directly in front of your face. And if you're able to sort of look down on it and realize how, one, insignificant it is, Mm -hmm. two, that the people saying this to you, a lot of the time, there's there's nothing going on there. Yeah. This is not Dave Chappelle Mm -hmm. speaking to you. Right. This is some username. Yeah. What does it matter? Mm -hmm. They're, they're They're not pulling the levers of your career. They're not no, able yeah, to write matter. a letter to a movie studio and help you get a job. They're not signing a check for you. It's nothing. Yeah. They have no power. They only have power if you let them live in your brain. That's yeah, it. That's true. that's true. And if you just say no vacancy, I'm, I'm moving on with my day, whatever. It's so much harder. It took me years to get to this point. It isn't, yeah, and to be honest, it doesn't even sound like you're at that point. Like you're still responding to the but message. But that one guy was somebody I respected a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. That you guy like who said that guy? thing about not driving with the humor. Oh, 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 no. I was talking about the DM. But of course, the driving thing's different. No, but the DM. But you replied to it, though. In, in, I did to hold up a mirror to him. I know that that's your thing. But I'm saying like, and this is a good, you. this is a way of like creating closure in these moments where like you get the desired outcome. Which is being like, I know that this is about you, and I'm going to prove it to you, and then you do. And that must be very satisfying. But that's not just a complete sort of like, I'm not going to acknowledge this. Once he says the thing, his true intention, and admits that he didn't mean it, yeah, I it dissipates any anger that I have. Right, yes. How can you still be mad at somebody it's who has admitted their fault? It's a great way to fault? deal with it, totally. That's not accepting forget. Like, you're not being forgiving. Totally. And... And then it, it it just affirms my original belief, totally, which is that something's wrong with this guy. <laughs> this is just an angry dog barking at me on the street. Like, what the hell do right, I care? Right, right, totally, dude. Anyway, I hope I hope some of that resonates with people. Uh, and we appreciate you guys listening very much. Please send any thoughts or advice or questions uh, to oopsthepodcast at gmail Follow our Instagram account. Post lots of great clips there, all edited by our incredible, talented editor, Chris, and our lovely, fresh-faced, nubile intern, Ryan. Uh, that's Julio at Not Julio with a J. I'm Francis C.C. Ellis on Instagram. We love you guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.